0: Wonderful to see you today. You can be seated. We welcome you to Edge Church this morning, and uh, we're really excited today because we have a whole group of students from our student ministry that are coming out to cheer on the preacher today. Amen. Come on, man. I'm telling you, this is a group of middle school and high school kids that are spirit anointed. Holy, ghost, full, Jesus-loving, fire-breathing students for the Lord. Amen. Amen. Good to see you guys. Good to see you guys. Wow. Well, um, today we're wrapping up our series from the book of Ruth. I want you to take out your notes uh, in your worship folder. You can follow along with where we're going. Today I want to talk to you about atomic choices. Atomic choices. A few years ago, James Clear wrote that book, Atomic habits. Today we're going to look at atomic choices because every single day we make choices that determine the outcome of our lives and and hundreds of decisions. The thoughts that we have, the commitments that we make, the things that we say, they, they are all choices. Uh, that we make and a lot of times we're not thinking about where that path is taking us We're just thinking about man today. I just need to get to work. I need to pay my bills I need to do what i was supposed to do but but the choices that we're making today will have massive outcomes on where our life ends up tomorrow and, and as we look at the book of Ruth, we see that this biblical character Is is an individual that was that was making some significant choices, some atomic choices. They seemed really small at the time, but as she practiced them day after day, they took her on a path of victory. They they, they took her on the path of of success. It's great. So I want to look at uh, today, we're going to spend most of our time in chapter 4, but I want to just back up a little bit and I want to look at four areas of our lives where we make atomic choices. There's four areas of our life that we see here in this passage. And if you need a reversal of fortune, you need to really listen today. If your life has been going south, and you want to get that thing turned around, man, let's talk today about these atomic choices, because listen, nobody had a harder time than Ruth did. In chapter one, her husband dies, she's a widow, she has no one to take care of her, she doesn't have hardly any food, she's living uh, in the land of Moab, where she's from, her husband is an Israelite, Um, all of a sudden, she's got nothing, man, she's got she, she ha- doesn't have life insurance. She doesn't have social security. Um, her father-in-law is deceased as well. And, and so she's got her mother-in-law, Naomi, but, but women did not work in the ancient world like, like what we know today. And so, so she, she needed somebody to take care of her. And she makes a big, bold choice to go back to the homeland of her husband and her mother-in-law, Naomi, to the town called Bethlehem. And it's in that choice that the dominoes begin to align and start to fall uh, in the right direction for Ruth. But she makes some some atomic choices. So let's look today at these four atomic choices. Um, Atoms are one of the smallest units of matter, and yet they can release immense amounts of energy. Atomic choices. Little choices that have big outcomes. Now, in Ruth chapter 1, verse 16, we see faith choices. Did you know today, Edge Church, you're making faith choices every single day. Faith choices. Faith choices. Look at this right here. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from where, from you, where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. This is, this is where Ruth decides that the God of Israel, the God of the Bible, is, is going to be her personal God. Again, she she came from the land of Moab, which worshiped other deities. And so the, the, the God of, of Israel was a different God. But, but in this moment, she has that aha moment where she's like, I want that God. I want the God of Naomi. I want the God of Israel. I want the God of the old covenant. That's, that, that's my God. And she makes a faith choice, a faith commitment. Listen, when you choose to follow Jesus, you make a faith commitment. You make a salvation choice. Um, she had a new name. Um, all through the book of Ruth, Ruth is called Ruth the Moabitist. but we're going to see here in chapter 4 that she begins to be known not as Ruth the Moabitist, but she becomes known as Ruth the wife of of Boaz. She has a new identity. Did you know when you're in Christ, you have a new name? You have a new identity. Like God doesn't see you the way that you used to be. You, you, you have you have a new you're a new person. You're a new creation. The, the old person has passed away and, and all things have become new. And we are set free from our sin, from guilt, from condemnation, and, and, and we're new. We're new, and so we, we make that faith choice. Now, every day we make faith choices. Like, one of the faith choices that we make is to maybe read our Bibles, you know? And uh, I've, I've thought before, I read the Bible all the time, but, you know, there's certain books of the Bible that I get to, and I'm like... Wow, I don't understand what's going on over here. Uh, Maybe you've read that before. For whatever reason, when I read the book of Ezekiel, I'm always like, Lord, what is this about? Ezekiel. I'm going to have to do a sermon series on the book of Ezekiel because I hadn't figured that out yet. But maybe you have some portions of scripture like that. And it's easy to say, I'm not going to read the Bible because I don't understand what the Bible means. Students, maybe you felt that way before. You know, Maybe you picked up uh, some scripture and you're like, man, I don't understand that, so I'm not going to read it. But here's the deal. You don't start understanding the Bible by not reading. In fact, there's not enlightened people and unenlightened people. Everybody starts at the same place. But listen, if you will develop the atomic choice, the atomic habit of Bible reading, guess what will happen over time? You'll start to understand. It's amazing, isn't it? It really is. You just... You just start reading, and then you know, you, you, you keep working on it, and you, you, you keep pressing in, and, and 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 there's some days it makes a little more sense than other days, but 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 what's gonna happen is day after day, that little choice is gonna have a massive outcome. Because guess what? You begin to have the mind of Christ. Is there anything more wonderful than the mind of Christ? I mean You begin to think like God thinks because his word is circulating in your life so much that you cannot think otherwise. And so you begin to think different. It begins to change your attitudes. It begins to change your decision making. It begins to change like like the way you look at the world and your circumstance and you quit feeling sorry for yourself all the time. And and you start to have wisdom in the decisions that you make. And, and, and it's a small choice, but it, it has a big outcome. It's an atomic choice. And you make faith choices every single day. We make faith choices to either do what God has said to do or to not do what God has said to do. Uh, your prayer life. Your prayer life, uh, consistently talking to God. A lot of times we don't pray because we feel like, you know, I already prayed about that for six months and never that never happened. Nothing nothing ever moved. You know, Lord, where have you been? And we get discouraged sometimes in our prayer life, don't we? But prayer is an atomic choice. Did you know one day, when I mean, when you really pray about something, I'm talking about really praying about something, and, and it may not turn out exactly like you hope that it would, but listen, you will know it is the will of God. And that's a powerful thing. And it's a little decision every day to pray about that matter, but it has a kaboom. It has a big outcome, doesn't it? Faith choices. And, and listen, you're making faith choices every single day for your life, every single day. Faith choices, faith choices. Uh, on your spiritual journey. Um, the outcome is awesome. The potential is fantastic. And we're making those faith choices. There's also a second choice because, listen, when you got a faith choice, then it, it, it leads you to make a community choice. And the community choice for Ruth is found in three verses. I want to kind of read them uh, simultaneously. Ruth chapter 1, verse 7, with her two daughters-in-law. She left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. So so she decides, Ruth the Moabitess decides to go back to the homeland of Naomi, to Jerusalem. And we just read that just a second ago. But she makes a faith choice, a community choice. Secondly, in Ruth chapter 2 verse 1, once she gets to Bethlehem, she meets somebody very special. Now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side, a man of standing from the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. Uh Uh-oh, something's about to happen. (laughs) She meets Boaz in chapter two. In chapter four, Boaz and Ruth get married. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. And when he made love to her, the Lord enabled her to conceive and she gave birth to a son. Now, would Ruth have ever met Boaz if she would have not gone to the community of Bethlehem? No. No, absolutely not. She, she wouldn't have been able to do it because she would have been in the land of Moab. But she went with the people of God. The people of God is the local church. And God has given us a beautiful gift in and through our church to where we have a community of faith, of people loving and encouraging each other, and we've got relationships. Listen, church is not just a show. I know we have some great music here, and, and, and I hope that my preaching isn't too bad, Amen. But I hope that you come to church because you also love the people. You love the community. Like you love the environment, you know. I want to encourage you, come early. Come early. Stay late. <laughs> Be loud when you're here, you know. Just, just enjoy it, man. Enjoy the community. You know, don't come 10 minutes late and then leave before they pass the offering baskets, you know. I got to get out of here. Somebody might learn my name. You know, like, don't come to church to be anonymous. Come to church to be in community because it'll be a blessing. Did you know, listen, the trajectory of your life will be largely determined by the people that you surround yourself with. And maybe the reason you're struggling so much is because of the people that you hang around with. We gotta get the right people in our life. And the right people is the people of God. And listen, the dominoes began to fall in the life of Ruth when she got in the right place with the right people. Good things. Students, you need to be around the right people. You need the right friends. You need the right folks to influence your life. You know? Man, if we wanna change direction, we gotta look around and say, Well, who's in my life that's moving that way? (laughs) And if we don't have some folks that are going with us, then we need to reorient. We need to, to, to change directions. But God has given us the church. These are your people. These are your friends. These are the people that pray for you when you're hurting. This is the community that God has given to us, and it is a rich place of faith. And if you want your faith to grow, get involved in the community with the right folks, with the right people. Uh, Gina and I actually met, guess where? At church. How about that? Can you believe that? The pastor met his wife at church, yeah. Church is a great place. Now listen, I hope you don't come to church to meet people, okay? Like, Like to date people, to marry. But I also know this, that church is a really good place to meet people. You know, it really is. And listen, if you marry somebody... That you met at church, you already know some things about them before you even start dating. Is that the truth? Like you can already check some of those boxes off. You already know because they're sitting under the same teaching. They're involved in the same community. Like church is a great place. If you're a single person, this is a great place to meet people. It really is. Really is. I don't want you to come just because of that, but I'm just saying, like, there's just something powerful about being in the community of God that puts you around the right people and the people that you need to be around, and God is honored and God is glorified in that. It is so much better to meet people at church than it is at a bar. That's why some of us have been in so much trouble. It's because the place that you meet people. It's true. You've been meeting people, uh, you know, on online online dating sites. Listen, don't read, don't don't believe any of those profiles. Come on now. You know that that guy hired a creative writer to fill out the thing for him, right? And you know that the fo- photos are from stockphoto.com. I mean, don't listen, man. Don't don't get sucked into that. Don't get confused. Listen, I, I want you to be at the, at the growth track here at the church. I, if you're a woman, come to the girlfriends on Wednesday night. It's going to put you around the right community, the right people. It's an atomic choice that you're making. I'm going to go. Well, I don't know anybody. Well, that's why you go. You go to meet people. You know, come come on Wednesday night. Come to the growth track. Come to our groups. Get your kids involved in the kids ministry, in the student ministry. Get your family plugged in, man. Help your kids be around the right influences in their life. And that happens through the church, the community. Man, get on a serve team here at the church. Atomic choices start really small. Like, I'm going to church. I'm going to group. I'm taking my kids. I'm coming to whatever. I'm doing it, and I'm doing it, and I'm doing it. And it's those small choices that that bring about what the book of Galatians calls a harvest in your life. Amen? Amen. See, if you want to have a good harvest... You gotta put the seeds in the ground that are gonna come to fruition. They're gonna get you to where you need to be. And so we gotta have the right community, man. We got community choices. Now, there's also family choices, okay? Check it out family choices. Look at this everybody's making decisions about family. Now, look with me again at the Word of God in chapter one, verse five of Ruth. Both Malon and Kilion also died. And Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. Okay, so the mother-in-law, her husband died, her two boys died. Naomi's got nothing. Ruth has got nothing. Her husband has died. And sometimes things in family don't go according to the plan. Would you agree? I I was looking at some posts of an old friend of mine on Facebook. Friend of mine, a lady in her mid-40s. Her husband died of cancer recently. That wasn't part of the plan. I doubt that the day she got married, you know, 20 years before or whatever it was, that she thought that it would end up that way. Listen, sometimes family doesn't go according to the plan. But guess what? That doesn't mean that God is not good. It doesn't mean that God is not with you. Okay? Okay. And we're going to see through this story that God was very active, and and we see the providence of God. The providence of God is the things that God lines up on our behalf that we have nothing to do with. There's providence, and then there's choices, and then when those things come together, your life goes kaboom. It really does. So, we got to find the purposes of God, but. In chapter three, verse nine, um, Ruth proposes to Boaz. Okay, now Boaz is the—he's a—he's a—he's a, a relative of the deceased husband of Ruth. Um, he lives in Bethlehem. He just happens to be loaded. Can I get a witness? Amen. Okay, he's a wealthy man. Ruth is a is a poor young single girl, and she proposes. I love this in chapter three, verse nine. Look at this. We talked about this last week. Who are you? Because remember, she shows up in the middle of the night. He asked, I am your servant, Ruth, she said. Spread the corner of your garment over me, since you are the guardian redeemer of our family. That's Bible code for let's get married, baby. Okay? (laughs) And, And this is a weird proposal because you have the servant... Proposing to the master, you have the woman proposing to the man. You have the younger person proposing to the older person, and you have the Moabites proposing to the Israelite. So there's something about this picture that's that's not what's expected. Okay, but but Ruth and Boaz get married, and uh, he becomes her kinsman redeemer. Now this is one of the great themes of the book of Ruth. This is a picture of the Lord Jesus. Um, In Hebrew terms, um, they would designate a male relative to deliver or rescue a family if the husband died and there were no sons. And so to redeem someone would mean you would redeem their property, you would go and pay off their debts, um, you would take care of uh, the widow. You would take care of, of the family, of, of, of any expenses that needed to be paid. And, and this is the way that the Israelite people, this is part of the Mosaic law, would take care of people that went through hardship and difficulties. And so Boaz becomes the kinsman redeemer. He uses the assets that he has. He pays off the debts of, of, of this family member. And he brings uh, Ruth into his home and marries her. And they conceive and have a son, and his name is Obed. And so he's the kinsman redeemer. Now, in the New Testament, Jesus Christ is the kinsman redeemer. Jesus is the one who redeems us. By the way, Jesus paid off the debt of sin in your life. So Ruth gives us a beautiful picture of the gospel as we keep reading in and through the rest of the scriptures. And in chapter 4, verse 13, it says, So Boaz... Took Ruth and she became his wife. And when he made love to her, the Lord enabled her to conceive and she gave birth to a son. And you see the order here. This is a beautiful order right here. Ruth and Boaz, they, they were married and then they consummated the marriage and then they had a child. Do you see it? See, part of the reason that we have so much family chaos in our world today is because people are not following God's plan for marriage and sexuality. And the result is it's a lot of family chaos. So when Obed, this baby, is born, he has a mom and he has a dad. He has everything that he needs. And by the way, it's interesting because when you read the passage, the women that are around that see the baby, Obed, born, they say, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Is that awesome? They're like, whoa. Now, let's be honest. I mean, sometimes when kids are born, people are not saying, praise the Lord. Some of people are saying, oh my gosh, you know, like, what am I going to do? How is this going to work out? But when you get the order right, when you do what God has said, then people will say, Well, praise the Lord. This is awesome. This is great. And Ruth and Boaz, they did it right. They did it right. They got God's order right. Also, we see the fact that God can bless a second marriage. Some of you guys are on second marriages right now. I want to give you a word of encouragement. God can bless second marriages. He really can. Do you see it? I mean, Ruth was married to Um, Another man, and then he died, and then she married Boaz, and and in chapter four they had this beautiful child, Obed, and uh, this is kind of the Cinderella story of the Old Testament. It's I keep thinking Orphan Annie, you know, when I think about this is the story of Ruth. It's like everything's bad, and then at the end God blesses, and people do it the right way, and people make good choices, and the outcome is beautiful, and and that's why we love the, the the book of Ruth. But God can bless those second marriages. Um, all kids are valuable to God. They all matter to God. Every, every single kid, every, it says there that God opened the womb of, of Ruth. In other words, God is the one who is behind conception. Do you believe it? And if God is behind conception, that means that every child is valuable to God. Every person has, has dignity. It, 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 it doesn't even matter. Everybody matters to God. It's a beautiful thing, very beautiful. And that's why we should love and we should encourage and we should teach and train our children because they all matter to God. We need to speak life to our kids. We need to instruct them and teach them and love them and support them. They are all a beautiful gift from God. And, and all conception matters. And we want to say, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Um, You know, sometimes parents say, pastor, I didn't follow God's order. I didn't do it God's way. And I don't know how to talk to my kids about sex, marriage, things like that. Let me, let me, let me share a couple of thoughts with you. Listen, when you, when you teach your kids You don't have to teach your kids everything that you always got right. Amen? Sometimes you can speak out of your own pain. Sometimes you can say, listen, I I did it this way, and here were the results, and I don't want you to experience some of the things that I experienced. I want you to do it God's way. If you will do it God's way, guess what? These will be the outcomes and the blessings. Amen? So don't be sheepish. Don't be hesitant about, well, I'm just not going to talk about it and hope for the best because I don't know what to say. No, you, have, you, you may have a lot to say. In fact, some of you might write biographies and books about the mistakes that you've made when it came to family. But listen, help somebody else not go down the same path that you went down. And Ruth and Boaz illustrate this for us. There's a faith choice that we make every day. There's a community choice. There's a family choice. We're all making family choices. What kind of family are we going to have? Students, you're not thinking about your family maybe today, but did you know the decisions that you guys are making as teenagers? Today are are, are atomic choices that are going to lead you on a path to be either greatly blessed or to go through some real hardship in your life. So never think that you're too young to think about The future. Where do I want to go? What kind of family do I desire to have? Finally, there's an attitude choice. There's an attitude choice. And we see a little attitude here in the book of Ruth. In Ruth chapter 1 verse 12, this is Naomi speaking to her two daughter-in-laws. My daughters, it is more bitter for me than for you, because the Lord's hand has turned against me. I don't know if you've ever thought that or felt that before. Like, does God have it out for me? And Naomi determined in her heart that God was against her. She got discouraged. She got frustrated. And she had a little attitude. Look here in Ruth 120. Don't call me Naomi, she told them, call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. She's like, change my name. I feel so terrible about my life. Call me bitter. Don't call me Naomi anymore. I mean, she's discouraged. She's got got an attitude here. But you know what? At the end of the book, God does something really beautiful. Look at verse 15 of Ruth chapter 4. He will renew your life and sustain you in old age for your daughter-in-law who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons has given him birth. And then Naomi took the child in her arms and cared for him. And the women living there said, Naomi has a son and they named him Obed. And he fathered Jesse, the father of David. So things started on a bad foot. Naomi loses her two sons. She loses her her husband. But at the end of the book, she celebrates the fact that she has a daughter-in-law that loves her more than seven sons, and she has a grandson, and she becomes the nurse of her grandbaby. And is there anything more beautiful than that? Listen, it wasn't over yet. God was just doing something different. I want to say that to to you today. It's not over for you. Maybe God is just doing something different. Well, pastor, this wasn't the plan. Well, sometimes God has another plan. But listen, if you will make the right choices in life, God will bless you. God will bless you. And those, those attitudes are atomic, atomic attitudes. So Naomi has an attitude adjustment. She starts off discouraged and frustrated and angry, but she comes to realize and to appreciate what God is doing as the book wraps up. Sometimes we need an attitude adjustment. Sometimes we need to alter the attitude that we have. Sometimes we need to say, you know what, I'm going to stop walking and discouragement and frustration and bitter and host- bitterness and hostility. I want to I embrace the new chapter that God is putting before me. I want to change my attitude. Listen, you cannot change your circumstances sometimes but you can always change your attitude. It's true. There's a lot of things that you can have no control over. You can't do anything about that, but you can have a great attitude. And did you know that you could even have a great attitude when things are falling apart, when you're frustrated, when it's not going according to plan, and when you're discouraged, but you can choose to rejoice in the Lord always. You can choose to, to be grateful. You can choose to have hope in your life because you know that God is with you. And... Uh, you can change your attitude. Now, what attitudes are you passing on? You know, what attitudes are you giving off when you go to the office tomorrow? What attitudes are 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 exuding from your mouth and your life? What do people perceive about you? Is it is it a good, healthy attitude? Is it discouragement and frustration? What 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 what's happening? What are you passing on? Our faith choices, our community choices, our family choices, our attitude choices, all of those things are atomic choices that that lead us to a certain destination. And I want you to see the destination of Ruth and Boaz because God wants you to be a person who leaves a legacy. A legacy. Now, you may not be thinking about your legacy today. You may be like, Pastor, I'm thinking about paying my bills tomorrow tomorrow. I'm thinking about finding a job. I'm thinking about, you know, just trying to get the basic things done. I'm not thinking about my legacy. But I want to stretch your thinking just a little bit today because I think God does want us to think about our future impact on subsequent generations. And listen, the greatest impact of your life may come after you're gone. It may. It may not be what you see. You may not see the greatest outcomes of your life, okay? In fact, if you read towards the end of the book of Ruth, Ruth chapter 4, 18 to 22, it's interesting. The book wraps up with a genealogical uh, account of the birth of Obed and his descendants. Now, check this out. This then is the family line of Perez. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron, the father of Ram. Ram, the father of Ahimadab. Amenadab, the father of Nashon. Nashon, the father of Salmon. Salmon, the father of Boaz. Boaz, the father of Obed. And Obed, the father of Jesse. And Jesse, the father of David. Now, it's beautiful because the lineage of... Obed, the son of Boaz and Ruth, is tied to King David. Do you see it? And, and so in Jewish culture, your your, your lineage and the family that you came from was everything. And so that's why like when you read the, the beginning of the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Luke, it accounts the genealogical background of the Lord Jesus. Mary and Joseph's Genealogical background is is put in detail. If you've read the Gospels, you've probably thought, why in the world is this in here? Because it's important to see where people came from. Because when you know where somebody has came from, you will also understand where they're headed. And so Obed is the, the, the seed of blessing, and through him comes King David, by the way, who is the greatest king of Israel. He put the plans together to build the temple, and he was the man after God's own heart, okay? King David is like one of the great heroes of the Bible, amen? David is also a great granddad of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. Now that's not that's not listed here because when they wrote the book of Ruth, they didn't, they didn't know all that, but this is where this is headed, okay? And so you have a broken, destitute widow who's down on her luck and feels like, She's got nothing before her. She's got nobody to take care of her. But, but God, in his goodness and in his grace, allows her to get married to Boaz, to have a baby, and to become a great-grandma of the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. Whoa. Wow. And that's why, that's why these atomic choices really matter. You know, we have a decision every day. We can follow the Lord or we can not. Nobody can make you do it. But listen, if day after day you'll make choices that honor God, and I know you're not going to be perfect. Nobody is. But you can make a decision to follow the ways of the Lord. God will do something in your life that blows your mind. I don't think that Perez, he's the first guy listed here in verse 18. I don't think Perez ever thought, you know what? I'm going to be a great granddad of the Messiah of the world. Did he ever think that? Probably not. Probably not. I doubt Boaz and Ruth had any idea that in and through their lineage would come King David. But, but God but God. Church, let's make decisions today to get on God's pathway to do God's things in God's time so we can experience atomic choices for the glory of God. Amen. 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 Would you pray with me for just a minute? Let's just bow our hearts and our heads for a moment. I want to pray for you and if you'd say, Pastor, would you pray for some of the choices that I'm making? I'm struggling today, making some choices. And 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 I need some prayer for that today, that I can do what I know God wants me to do. Because sometimes it's hard to make atomic choices. And would you just raise your hand wherever you are? I just want to pray for you. Yeah, wherever you are. Thank you. All over this room, the front, back, and the sides of the middle. Thank you. All over this place. Yeah. Thank you. God, you see these these hands raised and these hearts surrendered to you and, and you see the beautiful passion and desire to, to follow your ways and to do the things that you've called us to do. And Lord, would you give us some courage today? Would you give us some spiritual vitality, some strength, um, and maybe even some hope today as well, Lord, because, because without hope, It's really easy to be discouraged. So Lord, would you just fill our life with all of these ingredients that we need today to help us to be people of great courage and great determination to do your will. And Lord, I pray that the atomic habits that we're practicing today would have massive outcomes for your kingdom, for your glory, and for our lives. And while our heads are bowed for a moment longer, others of us today may not have ever met this great God. He sent us a kinsman redeemer in the person of Jesus. He he died on a cross. He rose from the grave on the third day, and he did so because he loved you. And the scriptures tell us that all that will call on his name will be redeemed and made new. Would you ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart today? It really is the beginning of the faith journey. Just like Ruth said, I want your God to be my God. We have that moment of of truth, that moment of commitment where we say yes to the gospel, to the good news today. And I want to lead you in a prayer today right where you're seated. And if you'd like to ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart this morning, would you just slip your hand up wherever you are, right where you're seated? And I want to lead you in a prayer. Just hold it up high, wherever you are. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you over here. See you. Somebody else today. Just hold it up high. And if you just raise your hand, pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive my sins and make me a brand new person as I'm putting my faith in Jesus and what he did at the cross and resurrection. Thank you, Lord, for making me new and forgiving my sins. We pray this in your powerful name. Amen.